I'm Jojo. I'm Bugs. And welcome to our podcast. We bring our sidewalk conversations to your home to discuss love, life, and how they're all wrapped up with faith. Unexpected Hope talks about life when expectations don't line up with reality. Hear true stories when only faith and resilience get you through. Let's go with the flow. Woohoo! Welcome everybody to episode four of Unexpected Hope. Today, our special guest shares about her story to the honest question, are we enough? Tiffany just commemorated her youngest child's high school graduation and his venture off to college. But she has questioned the college application process and the immense pressure it puts on our kids. So Tiffany, I'm so happy that you're here. This topic actually brings me back to my own experiences um, of SATs and college tours and letters of recommendation. And honestly, just waiting at the door, waiting for the mailman to come and hopefully give me my acceptance letter. I start to get very nervous and anxious and excited about even you being here. <laughs> so thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, that anxiety is real for sure. <laughs> so why did you want to chat about this, Tiff? I wanted to talk about the state of teens today, just because I feel like they are so stressed out wow. and that they're really hurting in a way that um, I think I've seen over my many years of working with youth that the state of our teens is actually a state of crisis. Mm-hmm. They, the world is just really drowned out. I believe the truth of the gospel and they really are being fed lie after lie about who they are. Mm -hmm. And I really just feel that they need to be seen and heard and um, known and really just loved for who they are. Wow. I mean, you said a critical word crisis. What does that mean? I guess like in your own experience, how have you seen this play out? Yeah. So, I mean, I've definitely seen and been part of crises in individual lives of teens, but Um, I I live in Palo Alto. I lived in East Palo Alto for 15 years and now been in Palo Alto for about almost 10 years. And uh, I mean, you just need to read the statistics, right? The suicide rate. And that doesn't even begin to capture the number of kids that are contemplative of suicide. Um, Depression and the broken relationships, the harm and abuse and the addiction and all the the ways that kids cry out for help that they're in crises it's it's just off the charts yeah people are asking questions on both sides on every side parents are wondering what the heck is going on with their kids and they don't know Mm -hmm. uh kids and youth and teens they're asking like what the heck is this college thing and this process and why um Am I depressed? Why do I have anxiety? Why do I feel like killing myself? I, mm-hmm. I think that uh, on every possible side, mm-hmm. there's just questions of like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And so uh, you've been a part of the youth ministry. It's middle school and high school um, for about 20 years now. Uh, it's probably been closer to, it's actually been probably over 30 years. Cause wow. when I was in high school, I started volunteering in the junior high department. <laughs> so I was serving middle school when I was in high school. And yeah, I've just kind of never stopped. I just love youth. You probably hear a lot of stories. And I think a lot of times youth don't tell their parents. So the fact that you could have been um, someone who could be a confidant to them, I think it's so great that you're able to do that. Kind of going back to 
your youth days. When you were younger, what was your expectation of the college process? Yeah, I mean, I think I was pretty naive. I grew up in San Francisco and I just, I grew up in a family where my parents really valued who you became, not so much what you did. And so I was very blessed to have kind of a rare experience, I think, especially growing up in an Asian household. It was very non-Asian. So yeah, my parents didn't have an expectation that I went to college or that I had any specific career. They didn't pressure me. Wow. And I think that was normal to me. But I did, I realized as I got older and experienced my friends, parents, and then when I started doing youth ministry, I realized this is not the norm. Most parents have an expectation that their kid would go to college and especially Asian American parents. Huh. Um, so did you want to go to college because of that? Or did you not want to go to college? Um, so I do think the world got to me and I did feel pressure from the world, um, not from my home and not from my family, but I definitely felt the pressure from my peers and from um, my teachers and just the world at large. I also felt quite a bit of pressure from my church, to be honest, because I grew up in an Asian church. And so that was part like education and career was really fully integrated synonymous with Christianity. That was the message that I got. You should go to college and have a great career. And that's part of being a good Christian. So your parents were just kind of not typical. Um, yeah. And how are they with you wanting to go into college? Because you, yeah. you seem to want to go to college at that point. Yeah, they. I mean, they were supportive. They have always been super supportive of every decision and everything that we do. I actually went to Sacramento State mm -hmm. and then a week or two and I hated it so much I was crying every day no. and I, I came home I quit I quit college and um, my parents even in that were super supportive and you know up until maybe about 10 or 15 years ago I didn't understand really honestly I thought that was crazy that they didn't object that they just let me quit college um, but then now that I'm a parent, I, I fully understood. I, I finally had a conversation where I said, I realize why you were so supportive in some ways, like you actually don't have a choice as a parent. Mm -hmm. It was either you support me and love me through it mm -hmm. or you reject it and you hurt our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they said, yeah, that's exactly right. So you are a mother of two. Um, yeah. your, your last child just graduated from high school. So congratulations yes. for that. Um, <laughs> So when you became a mother, did you want that college experience for, for your kids or, or yeah, not? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that because I had such a positive experience with my parents, I, I really wanted to ingrain in them that, you know, college was not the end all be all. And certainly like not a college was the end all be all. Yeah. <laughs> but I realized pretty quickly that not only was the world even louder and more adamant than when I was growing up, but like of the message of you have to go to college. You're a failure if you don't go to college. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you're pretty much a failure if you don't go to the right college either. I have a five-year-old son and I know living in these competitive times, it's hard not to put the pressure of expectations on your kids. Like be the perfect kid, go to a good school, get a great job. Did you feel that struggle? And how were you able to overcome that? I mean, the, the proof will have to be in another probably five, 10 years. So my daughter is a soft, 
about to be a junior in college and my son will be a freshman in college come this fall. I think you just have to keep combating the lies with truth. Mm. Um, and it's a never ending cycle, honestly. Mm. Um, but the more you can speak truth into their lives, Mm -hmm. then the easier it is for them to have that foundation to combat it on their own when it comes up over and over again. So, I mean, at a very, very young age, really had to instill in them that their identity, their value, their worth, it doesn't come from external sources. It doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from your teacher or your coach or your accolade. It doesn't come from the the medals or the awards or the GPA, the SAT, you know, it doesn't come from any of those things. And I had to just keep saying that over and over and over again, right? And honestly, it's still a struggle, right? Uh, it's not like you, you learn that once and then it goes away, right? You have to constantly cling to that truth. And so I had to keep saying that truth over and over again, honestly, for myself as well as for them. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says, train your children in the way that they should go. Uh, Were there certain things that you did with your kids to be able to do that? I mean, how were you able to impart the word in their head and in their brain and honestly, in everything? Yeah. I mean, just like in our own life, Josie, I feel like God's word can't just be a standalone one moment thing. It's not like you do a devotional every day with your children and then they're going to turn out just how you want. Mm-hmm. Um, let, that's part of it for sure, reading the Bible and making that part of your life. But every moment is a teaching lesson when you're a parent. Mm-hmm. So how you handle the driver that cuts you off and how you talk to the person at the grocery store and when you pass the homeless man on the street and when you choose to serve instead of go on vacation, like all of those things speak to the value of that you place on life, right? And if I could give just one piece of advice to every parent, honestly, it would be who you are, how you choose to live out your faith is gonna have the greatest impact on your children. Not anything you say to them, and honestly, not anything you actually do for them or to them or with them. It really is about who you choose to be in your trying to follow Jesus. You need to set the example. Yeah. I mentioned before, like you have done over 20 years, now 30 years from what you're saying in, in uh, youth ministry. And I know you host a bunch of youth Bible studies. I think you're still currently doing that. Are there certain things that come out in the group um, where people feel pressured or they feel distraught or they feel kind of hopeful about the future? I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the key things that a lot of youth share with me, and I feel very privy to hear all this you know, banter, complaining, hopes, future, uh, you know, all of that. I think one of the things that comes out a lot is they don't feel like their parents see and know them. Mm. Um, And I think that this really hurts who they think they are. And I think that there is a constant need for feeling loved by their parents that honestly isn't being met for a lot of kids. Mm. So, uh, okay, that there's a lot that needs to break down that. So they don't feel seen and loved. Is there something that the parents aren't doing? Because I know, I mean, I, I'm not a mother yet, <laughs> but I know that when I was younger, when I was in high school, I didn't want to tell my mom anything. And so I think she did the best that she could based on the information that she had. Um, but, you know, yeah, there are moments when I felt like I wasn't seen uh, because I wasn't being vulnerable with her. I was nervous about doing that. Is there something that you have done with your kids 
or is there something that you could share with parents who feel like they don't really know what to do in those situations? Yeah, I mean, it has to, it's, it's kind of like the verse you, you quoted, like it really does need to start young mm -hmm. of creating that safe place where they really do feel safe to come to you with everything yep. and anything. And I guess, you know, you could, you know, look back your own journey and ask yourself this question, like, if your kids aren't sharing with you, and if you're a kid and you're not sharing with your parent, I, I would simply just ask you, you to, to think about it and ask yourself that question, why? Why didn't you share with your mom, Josie? Why did you feel afraid to share with her everything or that thing, whatever it was? And, um, and as you're a parent, you might ask yourself that same question. At one point, did your kids stop sharing with you mm -hmm. and, and why? And I think that if you can be honest with yourself in that space, mm -hmm. uh, my guess is that there really is an answer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they stopped sharing with me because I was judgmental mm -hmm. or because I stopped listening and I, I started trying to control mm -hmm. or I, I disapproved and I wasn't supportive mm -hmm. of things they wanted to do or I really wasn't in a space where I could hear them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that whatever pattern you start to form when they share something that's hard to hear, yeah. that, that informs them about whether they should share the next thing. Got it. I, I think you mentioned that you're in a Christian church and a lot of pressures were coming from the church. And yeah, again, these are God-fearing people. They love the Lord. Uh, and sometimes I see that struggle at church too. You know, you want so badly for your kids to do well. And so you fall into this trap of doing worldly things. How would you encourage other parents to, to not fall into that trap? Or what did you do with your kids to instill that with them? Deep, hard look and honest uh, snapshot of looking inward, right? As a parent and saying, yeah, you, you say, and we all know that you love your child and you say, I want, what are the keywords? What's best for them or what God wants for them? But do you really mean that? Mm. And what does that look like? And if you have some preconceived idea of what that means, for instance, if you think what's best for them mm -hmm. is to go to an Ivy League school, mm -hmm. then I think you need to ask yourself, why, why do you think that's best? And mm -hmm. is that really best? Is mm -hmm. that what God says is best? Or is that some idea that you have that you're projecting onto them, right? About mm -hmm. what's best. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I really think you have to ask yourself a question early on what matters to you most? If you could only pick one thing that mattered, what would you want for your kids? And, and if, it's, if it's honestly to have a career, to go to an Ivy League school, to make X amount of money or to have a family, you know, I'm not saying any one of those things are all bad, but if that's really how you feel about what's most important, then just be honest with yourself about it and be honest with your kids about it. And honestly though, if you're, if you come to the realization that your priority is actually the kind of person they're going to become, yeah. like, are they going to follow Jesus with their whole heart? Mm -hmm. If that really is your priority, mm -hmm. then you probably need to do some checking on yourself of how that actually gets played out. Yeah. Because from what I hear from lots and lots of kids is you say that, but they don't feel that. It's not how you live out your life. It's not how you raise them. It's not the rhetoric that they're actually hearing. When you say like, the most important thing is that you follow Jesus, then why do you care so much that I got a C 
why do you care so much that I rather play sports than go to that class or take that math class or, you know, get that internship or whatever it is, right? Um, well, I know. I mean, I've heard so many parents say that it's because it's their future. You want to protect their future. You want to do things in the present to make sure they don't mess it up. Well, when you say mess it up, right, or when parents are worried about the future, what are you worried about exactly? Are you worried that they won't be able to, you know, make enough money to sustain their life? Are you worried that they will get in with the wrong crowd? Are you worried that they won't become the kind of person that you think is important? And and then if whatever the worry is, if you track back to what you're actually doing to promote that, does it align? Does it actually speak the message that you're saying, right? And, and all I know is that there's a lot of kids that are saying it doesn't align. What my parents say is important is not what I actually think is important to them. We, we ran a winter camp together. This is a youth uh, camp that we used to run every winter, clearly, because it was winter camp. And we did one, one lesson on, are we enough? Mm. Uh, and I mean, I would love to get your thoughts about what are some of the things that like the youth would say, do they feel enough or they just feel yeah. like, and uh, maybe they're not li- able to live up to that standard. Yeah. I mean, um, almost a hundred percent unequivocally, every youth, um, said in some way, shape or form that they don't feel like they're enough. And surprisingly, I mean, not surprisingly to me and you maybe Josie, but I think surprisingly to parents, the kids that are probably the most high achieving are the ones that feel this the, the most strong that they're not enough. And I, and I sense this sometimes that the kids at the highest level of achievement are the ones that have the greatest struggle with mm. their identity yeah. in terms of being enough. Mm. A, a couple of questions on that. So there's a wide spectrum of people who you know, are higher achievers, but yet they don't feel like they're enough. And there are people who are not really interested in school and they still don't feel like they're enough. What are you saying to those kids to encourage them? And honestly, for adults too, I feel in many ways, we don't feel like we're enough either. What are you saying to, you know, both the parents and the kids to keep them encouraged? Yeah. I mean, I think that I have to point them to the gospel. I think this is the only place that you can truly feel enough because it doesn't depend on you. The message is you're enough because God chose you because his blood covers and is more than enough. And I think that this is the only place that I've ever felt enough when I ground my full identity in Christ. Um, Something I said to my children very early on and over and over again, almost every night, Mm -hmm. I would say, why are you so awesome? (laughs) And I trained them like from about the age of two on to say, because God made me that way. Mm -hmm. And we still kind of joke about it. Like, you know, why are you so awesome? And they say it back to me. And the answer is because God made me. And it doesn't have anything to do when you listen to that phrase. It doesn't have anything to do with what you do or don't do. And whether you're smart enough or beautiful enough or talented enough, it has nothing to do with any of those things. Mm -hmm. Why you're so great. Mm. What is your hope for the students and the parents who are raising them? Yeah, I mean, I think for the kids, every kid I get a chance to speak into, I just want them to know that there is a God that created them, 
there is a God that knows them um, from the number of hairs on their head to the way they smile to that secret that they're holding in their heart to that shame that they're feeling. Um, there is a God that knows all of that, fully sees them and fully, fully loves them, that loves them so much that died so that they could be in relationship with them. And so I just, I wish I could say to every single student that there is a God that loves you mm. just the way you are yeah. more than you could ever imagine. Mm. I think for parents, I guess I would love to say a lot of things to them. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say that they too are known and seen by God. Mm. And I think parent to parent, I understand it's an extremely difficult job um, to parent, to raise a child, um, but we can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. We really need to open our lives up to be more transparent mm -hmm. so that we can get help in areas where we really need help. And I think it's okay to say, oh my gosh, I've been a bad parent. Like um, I, I need help raising my, my child and I don't know what to do about this or that. And I think it's okay even to, at some point, say that to your child even. Like, I don't have all the answers. Um, I, I think if you wanted to get one message across to your kid, like if you really had to, like you were dying, think about it that way. And you could only say one last thing. I'm pretty sure that almost every parent would just say like, I just want you to know I love you. Mm -hmm. But every day, how much does your child really hear that message? Tiffany, I know sometimes students really don't have the courage or the boldness to actually talk to their parents. Are there certain people that they should reach out to? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Community is super important for everyone, but for teens especially. Um, I mean, the answer is anyone, <laughs> just anyone. If you are having thoughts about hurting yourself, if you're having thoughts about that you don't matter or that nobody knows you or nobody sees you, or if you are holding something that is heavy, mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you really just need to talk to anybody, just anybody. Mm -hmm. And if you can't go to your parents, then find an adult, find an aunt, an uncle, a youth pastor, a pastor, a, a counselor, a coach, um, a teacher. And if you don't feel like there's anyone like that in your life, honestly, then, then reach out to a peer, talk to a friend. Um, and if even in that space, there's no one there, then there are hotlines and there are things, there, there are things set up where you can call and talk to someone. So it doesn't have to be anyone in particular. I just want it to be somebody versus nobody. Absolutely. And what about parents? Where, what kind of resources? I mean, I think that the best thing for parents really is to get into a loving community where you can pray together um, and you can just share. It's not just answers that you should be looking for. It really is support and community that's gonna take you through all of parenting, right? From like, you know, I just have a newborn and I have no idea how to get them to stop crying to like, I'm sending my kids off to college or, you know, I'm gonna be a grandma. You know, like I feel like God meant for us to travel life as a community. And so, 
just getting into a community where you can really be honest with yourself and you can allow people to speak into into your life. I think that's super important. Yeah. Um, I think the last question is your last child has left home and I know it's hard to let them go. You've taught them everything. You set the example, you've taught them the word, and now you're able to experience their adult life. Tiffany, is there a specific Bible verse that you have leaned on during this time to give you courage and hope? I mean, I I really do feel like the verse you quoted earlier, Proverbs 22, when you train them up in the way they should go, I think there's this confidence, there's this peace, like no matter what happens, I know they're going to be okay. And not just because God is who he is, Mm -hmm. but I've experienced them uh, really dig deep into faith that they've had to rely on their faith to overcome difficulty and pain and the college process. And so I think in that place, I've really seen their faith come to action. And so I've been so encouraged that they're ready. And in the place where a parent feels like their kid is ready for whatever is next, there's a great comfort and peace. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for being honestly a voice for the students that you've worked with and are currently working with. And honestly, a voice for parents who are just like, I have no clue like what to do. Uh, but we wish you many blessings for you and your kids for years to come. So thanks again. Even though Tiffany's expectations didn't live up to her reality, she ended up finishing college right after she quit and grad school, but her education never defined her. Her true identity was found in Jesus. And we're so grateful that she's used her story to both encourage and love. For our parents, Teach your children in the way that they should go so they will never depart. You are seen and you are loved. Stay tuned for our next episode of Unexpected Hope, where a woman shares her faith journey and growth while dating a narcissist.